The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. Here we go. Another episode of Open House of Team Reba. We've been on for going on six years now. Well. Almost six years. Uh, yeah. You seem to be a time traveler. September is our anniversary. Right, well, <laughs> coming so, up. I said almost. You know, I know you're about to get married and you might want to start working on, you know, keeping track of dates better. Yeah. Well, I know there's something coming up. I better better not be late for that one. I, uh, yeah. I think you're going to have some that. serious issues <laughs> if you show up incorrectly for that but that's uh, right you're coming right yes i am and thank you very much for the invite you're welcome you're welcome i made a point i i am still questionable if i'll have a plus one but i just i did check in to see (laughs) if i could bring one yeah there's there's room there so you bet okay well the invite said it was a limited space uh, well we 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 expanded our limit Oh, so, yeah, we got a oh since the now. original We're now invite. Uh, phase three. Oh, COVID yes. Instead of phase two. Yes. So that oh, so that's why. The okay. capacity levels gotcha, and all gotcha. of that. So, yeah, lots, lots changing okay. out there. Well, <laughs> and I was also told that if I did bring a plus one, I should prepare to sing karaoke to them. Yeah. Which I have experienced at your home during the holidays. <laughs> yeah. We'll have a we'll have a pre COVID. You and I can have a singing throwdown. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, you know my voice has gotten. Uh, it's been improving again. Yeah, you yeah. know how I quit my professional singing career a couple of years ago. It's yeah. been coming back more. So yeah, maybe we will have a throwdown. Well, there there was something on uh, Facebook the other day, and uh, yeah, you were belting out some uh, some uh, Pink Floyd. So well, uh, yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, before <laughs> yeah 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 my high my high range is still not quite there i was hitting um a really set a really high set of notes on that particular nice. one doing great yeah. gig in the sky yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we used to do a, a really fun format of that so oh, i miss that yeah. i miss it a little bit but well, anyway the whole live music thing that's yeah, i won't I be miss. i won't be singing that at i'm your hoping <laughs> and I, I don't know what, what the schedule is this year but but you know, concerts at the winery and at Mary mm-hmm. Moore Park and all these places where they were just so fun. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get back there. We'll I know. Well, there. I'm curious with a lot of the decisions that have been made of some of the other events, like, you know, with you and I both in voting, mm-hmm. they had recently announced at Seattle Yacht Club that they were not going to be doing their annual opening day oh, events. Day uh, oh. But I'm curious if they may change that now. I would with, sure hope so. With the so. updates. But mm. who knows? Right now they're planning on doing a virtual version of it. So oh, we'll see. But yeah. speaking of voting, though, I am going to be reaching out to Bob Weiss of mm-hmm. the Arba Recreational Boating Association in Washington to mm-hmm. see if he will become a guest. Oh, there you go. Yes. He's the one working on the Lake Bay Marina Correct. project, which is a sort of a derelict mm-hmm. um, marina down in the South, yeah. South Sound. Yeah. And they're going to turn that into a, a park available for everyone to use. Excellent. It's going to oh, be good. Wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. They, and they're also working on a number of other things for our legislative, you know, actions needed for, mm-hmm. you know, people who are into recreational boating. Yeah. So, And it's not just the boaters, right? Yeah. Uh, our buy actually is for people who do stand-up paddleboard and kayaking and things like that. So it's it's actually a much broader 
organization. And they're also doing a lot to try and bring back the pump out services that got canceled. Good. Prior. Yeah, that's, so that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Very, there's a whole new important. thing going on with that. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to be talking about some other legal issues later yes, in the are. show. Very I'm very excited so. about our guest today. Yes, yes, yes. We have attorney Darcel Lobo going to be joining us and talking about mm-hmm. you know, bankruptcies and things impacted by COVID. And yes. Boy, I mean, the, the effects on small businesses. And yeah. Very topical matters huge. right now. So, so very, yes. very excited to, to hear from Darcel yes. as we as we kind of move forward. Yes. So what's going on in the market right now? Uh, still Same? craziness. Um, just like some of our prior shows where my hair was on fire, it's totally singed at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think people who are, you know, in the market right now, um, especially if you're on the buyer side of things, you know, you feel a little singed um, just because... The multiple offer situations are getting mm-hmm. pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, the last couple of shows you and I had, uh, we were talking about the new forms that were being used mm-hmm. uh, from the Northwest Multiple Listing Service. And those are even more critical that people are paying attention and going over them with their agents yes. to understand what's inside of those. Not because necessarily helping the buyer. No, yeah. not at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely solidifying situations with sellers. Um, especially around like appraisal waivers and anyone who's doing, there's a form called 22 AD. There's a lot of conversation even in my own team about the use of that form where there's appraisal guarantees, Mm -hmm. like the amount of money that somebody would guarantee above and beyond Mm -hmm. what, Mm -hmm. you know, the appraisal amount might be. Um, and as you and I have talked about appraisals have been kind of every once in a while raising their ugly heads. Uh, sorry, not calling appraisers ugly, just, you know, the, the situation <laughs> where it may not come back at the dollar amount that you hope. But right. there's some strategies that, you know, people need to be talking about with their lenders to, to make those work. It's a, it's a real concern right now because mm-hmm. our market has been accelerating so rapidly yes. that appraisers have to use closed sales as comparables, mm-hmm. you know, to the price of the home you're buying. Yeah. And if those closed sales aren't keeping up, you know, with with the market, uh, we re- reach a, a situation where the appraisers just can't bring in the value where, mm-hmm. where we need it to be. Yeah. And uh, so that's will be happening more and more often. So when we're seeing market areas where 5, 10, and even 20% over asking price mm-hmm. yeah. are common. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been involved in numerous uh, bidding wars right. recently where that's the situation. Yeah. And we've had to get, as you know, I've even been talking to you, like, because I, you know, I work with other lenders, listeners, as we always talk about, because, you know, obviously I can't just drive traffic to one person, just like Eric can't do the same with me, right? Um, But, you know, we've had to have these conversations with multiple lenders, including you, of like, what is our client situation? And and the thing that's tough is, especially if you're that individual in the marketplace who only has a, a lower down payment mm-hmm. available to you, or you're using down payment assistance, it's just really harder to, to compete in those situations. Um, but I'll tell you, we, we had a, <laughs> a new listing recently where I just kept laughing. I would get all these agents. We had uh, at least 60 showings in about a three-day period. Mm. And we had had an inspection done in advance um, to provide to buyers. Because we know that a lot of buyers are getting tired of paying time after time to right. get a pre-inspection. Because right. if you're paying four to $550 every time for one of these, it gets very costly. 
let's just define that. So pre-inspection, mm-hmm. meaning you are inspecting the home before you even make an offer. Correct. That way your offer is not contingent. On right, because we always say on this show the two things that kill inspections are financing and inspections. Mm-hmm. And inspection usually comes first. Yeah. So people, to be competitive, will get an inspection done ahead of the offer review period. And, you know, but it does get costly when you've gone time after time after time for that, right? Right. I mean, it adds up very quickly. If you had to do 10 of those Mm -hmm. and they were 500 apiece, that's a big chunk out of what could go towards your down payment Mm -hmm. and closing costs. So, um, you know, I, but I had, I mean, God love these people for, you know, calling and trying to do the right job for their buyers. But what I was also trying to get across to them was because I would have several say, well, you know, where do you think it's going to go? And I didn't have any offers in hand. And they're like, where do you think it's going to go? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea who your buyer is. I have no idea what they qualify for. I have no idea what kind of down payment they have. I have no idea if they can do an appraisal guarantee. I have no idea. So, you know, and what I basically just kept having to say time after time, I kept telling everyone on my team because I got these phone calls throughout the weekend. And I said, I felt like I needed to just record myself. (laughs) And then every time someone called to say, hi, I'm calling about your listing over on blah, blah, blah. You know, I'd be like, click. Here, okay, here's the same <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah. And then, you know, because we gave all this information up front on the listing, and you could tell who was and was not reading mm-hmm. the details that we had put up. And I finally, just one of the young people who called, uh, I said, look, here's the thing. I know you're trying to do the right thing for your client, but don't call to try and make a decision for them. Just mm-hmm. write the best thing you can on their behalf. Mm-hmm. That's all I can encourage you to do. Just write the best that you can and then learn from it if you guys don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that's that's good advice because you will learn. Yeah. And you're not going to necessarily be successful mm-hmm. on the first offer yep. or the third or, you know, on and on like Right. That. We have numerous it clients really who've been through, you know, three to five offers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, as we talk about pre-inspections, I have a guarantee if someone works with me, I'm the only agent I know who does it, that if you don't get that first house – we at least will reimburse at a closing for the cost of the first inspection that you paid for. Which is great. And we yeah. do the same thing on appraisal. Right. Right. Which, you know, just as you know, the cost of those two things alone could be anywhere from well, 800 to $1,500 That's right. combined. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, and I've had that guarantee for 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and there's times like this where it's more suitable. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you just, but you just have to have your strategy, have a plan. You're going in, you're going to be making an Mm -hmm. offer. Make sure it's a good strategy. Make sure you're pre underwritten. Yes. Please. Fully underwritten loans so that that's making your offer that much stronger. But I can tell Mm -hmm. you, you just helped help me and my Mm -hmm. brother sell our dad's home. And uh, we had multiple offers on that home and we did not accept, we did not take the highest price. No, we took actually didn't take the top two no it was probably the the third highest price but, but we accepted the <laughs> offer that was. but we actually got more <laughs> out of that offer we did we did we because we went back and we were mm-hmm. very thoughtful about how we presented the information to them mm-hmm. and the ask for them to come up on their pricing and they were willing to do so right but i guess my point is it, it's not always going to be the highest price that wins it's the best mm-hmm. package Yes, you know, and they did. came in with an inspection waived. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-inspection. pre-inspection. Not even just waived, but pre-inspection. It. So it's a good right. liability mm-hmm. reduction for you guys. Yep, they were fully underwritten. Mm-hmm. They did have a good town payment. I'll yes, give, I'll give them that. 20% plus. Which was nice. But that that combination of things yes. made that the, the and they lowest risk. waiver appraisal. Right. Right. They had, I mean, it was a super clean. 
Yeah, it was clean. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you want to do. Maybe you don't have all mm-hmm. those things in your bag of, tra- of tools, but yeah. you want to be as clean as you possibly can. And that's what can. I told all these other agents. I said, you know, we're just looking for risk. What's mm-hmm. the risk for the seller? Because mm-hmm. they're going to be looking at all of the terms. Price right. can be great, but if you may not be able to perform, because again, financing is one of the number one ways that yeah. a deal will fall apart. So, right. And that if you've done a pre-inspection, it's the only one. That's right. That one didn't even have a love letter. But sometimes love I know, but they did follow too. once. Well, yeah. you know why that was that way. So well, anyway, if you need to write a love letter. We're going to take a real quick, short commercial break, and we're going to be right back with uh, Darcel Lobo from Dow Law Firm. Stay tuned. More open house with Team Reba. We'll be giving her the love. Open house with Team Reba on AM fifteen ninety. The answer. Now back to open house with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing information on real estate and finance and all things in between. Yes, and also on Sundays from 3 to 4 p.m. and anytime on podcasts. Yes. Go to your favorite podcast server and there we are with all five and a half years of content. That's right. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Ask Buzzsprout. Alexa. Yep. Yes. Yep. Alexa knows. Yes, and we have been uh, diligently going through a lot of our past episodes and putting in some little, you know, synopsis information about the mm. content, so you can go and pick and choose. Not it's not just a random, random bunch right. of like here's episode one and two and three, but most of them, uh, especially for 2021, have the content kind of summarized for you, so you can. Yep broken up into yes. nice little bite-sized chunks. Yeah, many of them we do also, especially when we have a guest like we have with Darcel yeah, today. Yes. We have them uh, kind of noted for what the content will be. So Good. thank you so much for being here, Darcel. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's let's just dive into this because I want to make sure we have the whole rest of this program to get into the content of what we wanted to cover today because um, just so our listeners know, uh, we stalked you. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you wondered how I got your information. <laughs> I think uh, it was on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Is that how we uh, first met? Or yes. th- that's what I thought, but maybe not. Maybe I I'm wrong. I stalked you prior. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because, okay, so my my team and I, it, interestingly enough, this kind of leads into um, how the topic we're going to cover today started because when COVID hit, um, my, you know, my team, you know, they shut down real estate for a couple weeks, right. right. Which was a big deal. And I know just for our small business, we lost two months of revenue in a two week period. Right. Right. And in my business, it takes, you know, we're not like a, a retail store where the second you can work again, you can go back in and start selling product right away. Right. Right. It takes time to, to build that. Or even in like the market we have right now, um, you know, it can take a while, especially mm-hmm. if you're not getting the first offers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things I decided to do, because it's something I'd wanted to do for the first 17 years of business I'd been in, was I, I love making connections with other professionals like yourself. I, lo- I love attorneys, CPAs, financial planners, you know, anyone who's kind of, that's what this show really centers around is right. the overall view of finances. And, you know, being uh, savvy about, you know, how the world works, right? And especially for business owners. And so I took my team who was all freaked out. And since we couldn't really do anything with our customers direct, I said, I'm going to do a project. And we actually literally went out and we scraped all the data off the Washington Bar Association. Did you really? (laughs) 
around. <laughs> this sounds so terrible when I say it out loud. But um, we went and found family law, estate attorneys, um, and bankruptcy, and uh, you and you happen to have almost all of that <laughs> yes, right. uh, in your wheelhouse, which is great. But anyway, we, we we decided we wanted to also do an educational program because here's one of the things that Eric and I have had happen, like especially around probate. And I think you and I, when we did our Zoom call, I discussed this. Many estate attorneys don't even know that when someone passes away and that becomes public record, the heirs get just inundated it, yeah yes All they get pummeled yes mm-hmm. with these people coming at them trying to take advantage of them in in not great you know situations right right and so we were going to start creating and i'm still in the process of finishing that and I'll, I'll probably ask your assistance or maybe you can like preview things for me and of see course. if they're, they're reasonable mm-hmm. but we decided we wanted to do this big outreach while we had the time available to us right and because um, we also know that when someone passes away or there's a divorce or there's some other kind of situation that people need to have a stepped up cost basis or they need to have an, a market analysis of the property so we wanted to let people know about our services and that we weren't the ones out there trying to come at them to be an investor to do equity skimming or any of those kinds of things. Right. And so we just, and it was surprising to me how many attorneys just were unaware that that even happened. And so we thought, well, we really have a service we could have people benefit from if we, if we do that. Right. So in the process of it though, we, we took the names, started doing some outreach and whatnot. And of course there's unsubscribes and what have you. And we expected that, but then we also started reaching out on LinkedIn so that you could you could see that I wasn't some bozo. <laughs> <laughs> At least I hope you didn't think I could be some bozo. Um, and so we, we connected then on LinkedIn. And what I love is that as you came into the studio today, we found out we actually have a different connection. Right. Right. Small yeah. world. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. So Taryn Darling, who's been on the show before, mm-hmm. who is a past client of mine and a referring partner of mine, you mentioned that she was your my, men- my mentor in law school. Which just yeah, small blows world. Yeah, I've known Taryn for fifteen. Gosh, I'm. I'm I don't want to. That's about put as long as, on it. But. Well, that's about as long as I've known her. <laughs> about fifteen years. Yeah, oh six, oh seven, when we met. That is phenomenal. Yeah, so I just I love that there's this other additional connection and right. I, yeah, so well, and, very excited. And yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about your law. Firm. Yes, please do. Yeah, so um, I do real estate bankruptcy and estate planning, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of overlap between those three practice areas, mm-hmm. which um, some people are surprised by. But um, so a lot of my work centers around real estate issues that arise in bankruptcy and then estate planning and probate. Gotcha. Um, and so I do a lot of work helping homeowners avoid foreclosure mm-hmm. with my bankruptcy and real estate side. And then on my estate planning and probate side, helping clients plan for their financial future, protecting their assets. And then upon the passing of a loved one, helping them and walking them through that process of probate. Got it. Got it. Which all are intensely complicated. And you've got to know mm-hmm. what those ins and outs are. And everything. Yes. Yes. So how, how is COVID affecting all of this, especially on the bankruptcy side? Well, you know, on the bankruptcy side, we haven't seen the huge uptick that is expected to come in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot, been a lot of relief in place for homeowners with forbearances under the CARES Act, and then there's moratoriums on evictions. Um, but for my small businesses, um, working with them a lot to kind of manage what is going on, if they can continue to 
stay in business dealing with their landlord because that moratorium expired in December 2020. Mm. And so dealing with those, you know, rental arrears. And a lot of my businesses are very small businesses, mm-hmm. um, your mom and pops, uh, restaurants, mm-hmm. and just helping them kind of navigate this process because this is kind of new territory for them. They've been in existence right. for 20 plus years, many of them. Right. And now they have these new issues that have arisen. And they're not sure how to navigate it. So I'm helping them with PPP money and EIDL money and how to spend it, um, looking at their debts, prioritizing what they should pay, maybe what they shouldn't pay, mm-hmm. um, figuring mm-hmm. out what do they have a personal guarantee on. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing some damage control as best we can and helping to navigate through that process with them. Okay, I, you've got a lot to unpack. That was a lot to that unpack. Was a right lot. That was <laughs> so, a lot to unpack, so, as they like to say. No, but um, what, what I was kind of focusing on is, is, is really um, you're, you're trying to protect them for the future. Right. Like you mentioned personal guarantees and a lot of mm-hmm. small businesses, you know, they may borrow money, a commercial loan for their for their business. It's their restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever the business is. Right. But the but the lender, the bank's gonna make them also put up their house's collateral or or other things or bring in even other people to, to help guarantee that. So, right. Or if so, they've personally guaranteed it, all of their assets are on the hook totally, for that debt. Totally at risk. Everything. Or they can actually do all of that, not just yeah, a, oh, yeah. it's a personal guarantee. So it's whatever okay. assets that person mm-hmm. owns personally, whether yeah. their house, vehicles, whatever it may be. Does that tend to show up more when somebody isn't a homeowner? Or it's really across all of them? It's across all of them. Certainly with a smaller business or a business that hasn't mm-hmm. been in existence as long, mm-hmm. usually yeah. I see yeah. a personal guarantee. So usually okay. it's, you know, they're lo- the lender's looking at the length of the business, the credit of the business, you know, how long has it been around, what kind of assets mm-hmm. does, does the business have? Um, and so many times we have to go back to these original contracts mm-hmm. to review them because a lot of my clients didn't realize mm-hmm. that they had a personal guarantee for some of these debts sometimes. Well, we even see Reba um, called UCC filings. Yes, yeah, you know, for right. personal property. Right. Yeah, for yeah. personal property that will pop up. Yeah. So and, uh, why, why is it that they would not necessarily know that they had that? Is it just because people don't understand it when they go out and get this money available to them? Or is it just, I mean, because right. I'm coming from the standpoint of like, Eric and I are always dealing with the real estate side of things, and there's lots of people that they get overwhelmed during the purchase process, and after a while, it just kind of over their heads, and they're just like, just just shove me through the process, and I'll maybe go back and look at it later. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I think it's, you know, one part, not fully understanding or reviewing the original contract, unfortunately, not not reading all the language that's in the contract. So it's not necessarily like in in the fine print, it's just maybe they're overwhelmed? Uh, it could be, but then also when the person is borrowing the money, I mean, they usually they borrowed this money years ago, mm-hmm. right? And there okay. was never this expectation of this pandemic and shutting down right. their business for, for months at a time and reduced right. capacity. And so mm-hmm. it just never really came to, you know, uh, dawn on them that they were actually going to have to pay this money personally if the business did not succeed. Got mm-hmm. it. Got right. it. Got it. And so okay. maybe they've been managing just fine up until pandemic. Got and it. then pandemic, mm-hmm. they're shut down. The business has no income to pay this debt. And now the lender is saying, well, you personally guarantee this, so we're mm-hmm. going to pursue you personally mm-hmm. for it. it. So it. um, it's a combination, I think, of different factors that come into play. Okay. And with the second round of like PPP options going out right now, that probably also has you quite busy again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because everyone I know who worked in SBA that was dealing with a lot of like the, the mm-hmm. idle loans and, right. the P- and the banks dealing with PPP, they're all just... Everyone I know who's in the banking industry looks more like Eric nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Reba? 
Well, we, we come I'm on. We do, she doesn't know. <laughs> I know. She doesn't know all of our jokes, so he always says that every time he has to pull a credit report, he loses a hair. Ah. <laughs> you can tell he's been in business a right. while. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what, what the piece, I will. This has been good. <laughs> I will say it's. I've done more work helping clients with the EIDL loans and okay. not the PPP because the PPP, the first round was pretty straightforward to apply for. And then the forgiveness, um, they open that portal, then they close it when the SBA has revised um, mm-hmm. the parameters for it. The second round of PPP has been more difficult for business owners to actually mm-hmm. just get through that application process. Yeah, that's what we found. <laughs> yeah, but they streamlined the forgiveness. And for any loans of under 150000 it's like a one-page form mm-hmm. to get forgiveness. And you do it all through your bank. And so... I'm not too involved with PPP, but okay. the EIDL for loans of over $150,000, there's a personal guarantee on those usually. Ah, um, I, I'm, okay. I'm sure 100% of them have a personal guarantee. And so it's okay. helping clients navigate how to spend those funds um, and ensuring that they protect themselves so they stay within the restrictions of the okay. EIDL program. Right, because those will be can be forgiven in the future, right? Not EID, EID, EIDL is not forgivable. Okay, yeah, that's a, but it's like a yeah. 1% interest over mm-hmm. like a 20-plus yeah. okay. year term. So it's yeah. very favorable terms for business owners, but there's still restrictions on how you can spend it. Oh, boy. We've got so many more questions for you. <laughs> uh, we have to take a real quick break here, but we have more with Attorney Darcel Lobo uh, from the Dahl Law Firm. So stay tuned. we got more Open House with Team Reba coming right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, and we still have with us Darcel Lobo from Dow Law. That's right, and I'm really glad that you're here. I'm learning a ton, and I think we have a lot more to questions to ask you. Oh yes, you know, especially you know with with uh, how uh, you know this COVID thing is going to be affecting business owners and, and others mm-hmm. as well. You know, right. as a result of you know having their businesses shut down and all the you know the the bankruptcy potentials and risks and things like that. Uh, before the break, we were talking about how a lot of small business owners don't really know what's at risk right. you know, for themselves. So mm-hmm. what, what can a business owner do to kind of double check all of that? I mean, obviously they should contact someone like you, I would think, if they think their business is at risk or mm-hmm. if maybe even if they just need some, some good legal advice on, on what to do. Um, but let, let's, I mean, is that is that a good starting point or a title policy or find their old loan documents or what should they do? Yeah, you know, well, I think I'll start with, you know, how they can prepare for a consultation because mm-hmm. a lot of things we do in the consultation, they can actually probably do on their own as well. Mm-hmm. And so what I first have them do is, you know, create a list of what the debts are. if They don't already know what the debts are for the business. And then going back to those original contracts. So finding them if they're on a file somewhere in their email or asking the lender for a copy of it, mm-hmm. because it's important to know if there are limited um, funds coming into the business, then sometimes we have to pick and choose what debts that they mm-hmm. do or do not pay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then if there's any debts that are in default, trying to work with the lenders to get mm-hmm. some kind of moratorium or forbearance on payments to stop the hemorrhaging, mm-hmm. getting the interest rate to a lower amount, if not mm-hmm. down to zero, at least temporarily, to kind of help stop the bleeding and to kind of get a control on those finances. So mm-hmm. I would start there, is looking at the debts and evaluating you know, what's owing and what's the status of them. Is there sort of a, a level where bankruptcy is the, the, the intelligent option to take? 
Because I know a lot of folks right. are, they want to try to avoid it if they possibly can. But. Right. I mean, it's certainly, even as a bankruptcy attorney, bankruptcy is the last option. Mm-hmm. So when I work with clients, we're looking through other options first. It really should be the last resort, but sometimes it is the best option um, for a client. So I love that you say that because I think a lot of people would probably tend to shy away from seeking out an attorney because they're assuming that by the time they do, that's the only direction they're going right. to go. And that's so not you're true. saying your role really is to help determine how can we maybe even avoid this. Right. And so you're really acting more as an advisor in that capacity to help, if possible, keep them out of it. Right. Right. Well, that's actually really great to hear because I yeah. honestly, like the number of people who come to me with real estate legal issues and need me to refer them to someone, you know, they always think like they're just like they've attempted other things on their own and they feel like that's the only direction they can take it. And I, I have a feeling, uh, cause I just, just the number of people I know who've gone through bankruptcies, Mm -hmm. um, many of them, one, because it's such a difficult emotional decision for them. Mm -hmm. And, and unfortunately many do wait until they're so far down the road of the economic hardship that at that point, maybe it is. And, And they could have maybe gotten some help, ahead of time that's 100 percent true you know unfortunately you know many times some clients you know it's easier to kind of keep your head in the sand and you mm-hmm. know not open mm-hmm. the the notices and the letters that yes. come in the mail i mean i have many clients who will bring unopened mail to me mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. you know mm-hmm. if we had talked six months ago one year ago right. you know maybe yeah. we wouldn't be looking at bankruptcy i mean i've had many consults where i've told the person that Bankruptcy is not the right option for you. You have other options, whether mm-hmm. it's a debt settlement, whether it's a repayment plan, um, you know, working if it's, you know, a home, working on um, a modification. There's there's a lot of other options besides just bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So even though you may be seeing a bankruptcy attorney, you should be evaluating all your options and not just bankruptcy. We mm-hmm. see that all the time on the real estate side yes. as well, where if somebody gets into financial hardship, they just kind of close their eyes and pretend it's not there right and you know that's that that monster gets bigger and bigger and bigger as time mm-hmm. goes it doesn't on. get better no no you know and unfortunately you know if you wait until it's you know almost too late right where mm-hmm. you're already being garnished or right. you know there's a foreclosure date pending it's like mm-hmm. you know we could we have more options if we have more time How's mm-hmm. how's the IRS right now? Are you kind of having any interactions with with them with your clients? <laughs> that's, that's a very open. How's the question. IRS? The IRS is great. Yeah. They're doing great. The <laughs> Wildly open question. Right. <laughs> well, the, How are they doing? Well, they're I mean, feeling pretty good. Right. Let me rephrase the question: Are you seeing uh, heavy-handed enforcement from the IRS, or are they kind of laying back a little bit? You know, I I will say I don't do a lot of tax work in my practice, Mm -hmm. um, but in bankruptcy, many times we are dealing with tax debts, and so, you know, offering compromise agreements. Um, and so the communication with the IRS has been more more so than, than usual um, in mm-hmm. the past, um, just due to, I think, COVID restrictions and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Sure. Um, but we're still able to assist clients with offering compromise. And I, I am still seeing, you know, collection notices, levies being issued. So they have not stopped enforcement of okay. the debt. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if in 2020 maybe there was um, any kind of um, relief offered for taxpayers at that time. But currently I'm still seeing... Okay. Okay. The collection kind efforts, of business as usual. Business as usual, yes. Okay, gotcha. All right. Now, if 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 let's say you have a client, they're they're filing bankruptcy for their business. There's IRS levies. The bankruptcy will not protect them against 
those are those liens considered superior or how does that how does that work so for most of my clients well i guess it depends on the type of tax because certain taxes there are personal guarantees for especially like your 940 or 941 taxes for mm-hmm. employees and those withholdings mm-hmm. um there's personal guarantees for those those will not go away okay. um and so for some business owners depending on the the business entity mm-hmm. the tax liability flows through their personal returns oh and gotcha. so it really depends on the structure of the entity, if it's an LLC, if it's mm-hmm. a corporation, and then how the tax filings are handled. Um, in a bankruptcy, there's two types of bankruptcy for businesses. In a Chapter 7, you're just winding the business down, mm-hmm. and there's no discharge of debt in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy for a business. Oh, okay. If you want to save the business and you need bankruptcy, then you're doing a Chapter 11, 11. Mm-hmm. where you're restructuring the business, and there is repayment of debt, including tax debt, in the Chapter 11. Sort of the equivalent on the personal side like a chapter 13 right you make payments to Mm -hmm. the court the court distributes those to To your creditors creditors. correct okay yes so are you okay you said earlier that you haven't necessarily seen an uptick that was initially anticipated on bankruptcies but have have you had more people talking to you about the idea of winding down their businesses if they've been just kind of hit to a point that they're like i don't know that we can recover or yes Okay. And so I haven't seen an increase in talking to colleagues about this also. We haven't seen the increase in bankruptcy filings yet, but that is expected, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there what, are, what will trigger that? Um, the expiration of moratoriums, namely on evictions. Residential evictions moratoriums are um, okay. through the end of March, but they've been continued a few times, so we're not mm-hmm. sure if it'll be <clears throat> continued gotcha. again. And then the forbearance options under the CARES Act has okay. been helping homeowners. Um, I've been working with um, mortgage companies to figure out what are they doing with those payments that were due during the forbearance. Some lenders are putting them on the back end. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. want to lump some up front of all those missed payments. And my clients don't have those funds yeah, available like to pay, seems right? seems like a ridiculous request. And so I think as, you know, we navigate through this process and see what relief options do or do not come for namely homeowners and for renters, that's mm-hmm. going to um, affect the increase of filings. Um, but aside from real estate, we're seeing quite an increase in collection um, activity on just your regular credit card debt, medical debts. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a moratorium on those garnishments in 2020, but that has long t- since expired. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing a lot of collection activity right now and collection lawsuits. Oh, wow. So this is a total, for instance, situation, and you can say, like, that's not even worth asking. <laughs> but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw it out. Well, Let's only, do it. Only I'm just, ready. Only just because, um, you know, because I, I do know a lot of other small business owners, and, you know, with this whole um, – you know, adjustment, you know, the Seattle area, we talk about this all the time. The Seattle area has kind of ticked off some business owner. <laughs> a lot of businesses have left the Seattle area. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just curious, you know, if someone, you know, is saying, yeah, I want to just wind this business down and let's just ugh, get rid of it because I'm going to just pack up and go. Right. Um, is that going to affect their ability? I'm assuming even if they go to another state or another city to like, because usually entrepreneurs tend to have a desire to still be an entrepreneur, being entrepreneurs. right? Right. Um, so, what's the impact to them if if they try and do that? Well, I guess it depends on the specifics of that situation. Like, are they just looking to re- relocate and do the same business? You can't just wind it down and you know 
ignore all this debt and open up shop doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, somewhere mm-hmm. else. And so it depends on what the plans are and what the intentions are of that person moving forward. And also, again, I think it comes back to personal guarantees on mm-hmm. whatever debts exist for that business as well. And if you're going to be in that same industry, depending on what it is that you do, um, people are going to know that you wound down one mm-hmm. business, you shut that one down and reopen. So it could uh, impact your reputation depending on what field and how right. large or small that field is. So that all shows up on, because I know like when we're doing real estate and we're having people pull their personal credit reports and things like that, is that the same thing in a business? Same kind of thing? Well, so in a business, if the business files bankruptcy and wants to close down, then that whole business is wound down. So mm-hmm. if the person started the new business, it would have a new name, a new corporate structure, right. a new tax ID number. So, so how would somebody know that person had done a bankruptcy? I think I'm just saying like if there's, depending on what field you're in and if you're mm-hmm. dealing with some of the same, you know, people or other companies, they may just know right. because they knew of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just wondering and like I if somebody goes to another from, state, uh, like well, how to banking standpoint, uh, you know, a, a, if somebody's trying to get financing for, for a mm-hmm. new business startup, you know, the first thing uh, a, a bank will do is run a, a Dun and Bradstreet on them. Okay. And, and that's going to tell them, oh, that's this right. person had this business, this person had that business. Mm-hmm. And there are so many different things that, that lenders do, especially behind the scenes, uh, checking for fraud, checking for backgrounds mm-hmm. and things like that, okay. Lexus, Nexus searches. Yeah. And well, oh, I'm wow. Saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm that, sort of uh, saying this right. partly because I want to make sure that anyone who's listening to this doesn't think like, oh, well, I can just do this Shut and then this I'm going to go no, cruise over here right. and then like no. no harm, no foul. And it's like, well... <laughs> Not really. Yeah. And if, <laughs> if the business accepted any kind of PPP or EIDL money, mm-hmm. uh, they really need to talk to someone before they make that decision to wind down because there are, you know, terms mm-hmm. in those contracts about the, the use of those funds and how they've used mm-hmm. them. I just I just feel like it's necessary to say some of these things out loud because <laughs> just, well, just because there's there's it conversations is. I have with people and lots of humans have this like what they think the world should look like right? Mm-hmm. Right. kind of opinion. <laughs> and right. then there's like, well, this is how it really works. So maybe yeah. we should have you talk to somebody. Well, then, and then you throw into that, you know, Google searches and what, uh, what they hear from friends or family. Mm-hmm. And it's not always accurate sometimes, exactly. right? So, exactly. So I just kind of want to put that out there a little bit. Yeah. So uh, while we're still putting some stuff out there, when we get back with Darcel Lobo, we're going to get your contact information for people out there. And we're going to finish up this topic on COVID and bankruptcies for small business. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Services. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba, dancing in my seat as usual to That's that one. That's right. Thanks for joining us all this weekend. Yes. I'm glad you're here. And we've got Darcel Lobo here. Glad that she's here. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, Darcel, if people have questions for you or if they'd like to engage your services, how can they reach you? Yeah, so they can visit us online at DowLawFirm.com, which is D-A-L-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com, or just give us a call at 206-408-8158, or send us a text at the same number. Perfect. Awesome. I, I saw Dow, and I keep thinking of the tile company. I yep. Dow Tile. They have beautiful stuff. So. I keep, my sister I keep worked thinking there. Of, oh, really? Yes. That's funny. I keep thinking of Indian food, because there's oh. a Dow. Oh, is there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm really hungry right now. Oh, so. <laughs> so I was reading some stuff about turmeric earlier today, and so like Indian food is on my mind. On my mind, right? Yes. You know, Curry now you and got whatnot. My head going, 
Yeah. We, um, we, had, um, we had Spice Bridge on the show yeah. um, a few weeks ago. And Spice Bridge, I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not. Ago. It's no. not too far from your office, but mm-hmm. it's in, oh. in Tuck Willis, uh, kind of Tuck Willis Station up on Tuck Willis Boulevard. Okay. And it's a, a kiosk. There's four stations. It's a nonprofit, but different food vendors come in there oh. you know, throughout the week. And mm-hmm. every time I've been in there, it's been Excellent, yeah. um, but it's have to combinations it. of uh, Cambodian, Filipino, um, Congolese. Really? I mean, Argentinian. Yeah. I mean, I'll they. Tell my, a my husband's bit of everything Filipino, there. so I have to tell him. Oh, perfect! Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so no, really, really I, good so food. Now so. I'm now I'm salivating. Now, now I'm hungry. <laughs> okay. now I wasn't hungry, but now I am. <laughs> well, now you know where you can go on the way back to the I office. I'll have to. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's on my way. Yeah, check it out. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, but speaking of people being able to get a hold of you let's let's go back a little bit if we could to that concept of like when somebody's getting ready to do a consult right and because during the break you mentioned to us that there's two different kinds of consultations and and they're handled differently right so can you kind of walk us through a little bit of that yeah so for an individual who might be looking at bankruptcy we offer a free consultation and in that consultation we review your income your expenses what the debts are and help you devise a plan as far as how to resolve those debts. For some clients, they should wait. For some clients, they may be judgment-proof. For some clients, maybe we work on debt settlements, we work on loan modifications, or for some clients, bankruptcy is the right answer. Mm -hmm. So we also have consultations for business owners. And while we look at bankruptcy, we're really helping you devise a plan going forward for the business. So we get into a little bit more um, legal work in those consultations. Those Mm -hmm. ones are not free. They are 195 for the consultation. Mm -hmm. Um, But the value you take away from it and having a plan and knowing how to keep your business open, how to handle various expenses, how to deal with employees, how to deal with your landlord, and having a plan of action for you to move forward with and take away has been very helpful for many Mm -hmm. of my clients. Mm -hmm. So. Those are the two types of consults we have when it comes to dealing with debt, okay. whether bankruptcy mm-hmm. or not. Gotcha. Sounds like mostly uh, financial literacy. Right. Which is something you know, we, we'd really try and promote on this programming. So it's I, unfortunately, when somebody gets to the stage that they're probably contacting you, it's like, oh, it's too bad you didn't have this up front. Right. right? You know, but we do have clients who do contact us you know, early on. And you know, usually when we have more time, like we were saying earlier, the more time we have, the more options we have mm-hmm. available right. to us. Um, you know, we can still help you if you have a garnishment, if you have a foreclosure pending, but your options are pretty limited at that point. You know, okay. I hired um, a company to trim some some fruit trees, and they charge $400 an hour. And, you know, the advice that you can give in even just an hour for, for half mm-hmm. of that right. is, is worth <laughs> I was all wondering the fruit where you trees were going in the backyard. <laughs> I should be increasing. I know. I was thinking I'm in the wrong line of work myself. But uh, yeah, that one kind of shocked me. Wow. But 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 anyway, no, this is such good. And every every business should have a good Mm -hmm. attorney like yourself in their in their pocket. They should have a a, a tax person. Yes. You know, they should Mm -hmm. have an insurance person. Mm -hmm. You know, they really need to be thinking about all these things if they're if they're serious about you know having a good, strong, successful, growing business. Right. And so you've got to have that knowledge. Yeah. We've said for years too. If you're the kind of person who is getting the free like friends and family discount from people on say your CPA or accounting work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. stop it. Yeah. Because you're really getting what you pay for because they're not, you know, I mean, honestly, it's, I can't tell you how many times that we refer someone over to a new accounting or CPA and they're like, I had no idea I could do these things. Right. And it's because 
the person's kind of on a set and forget and they're really not evaluating, you know, their business that closely um, because they're doing it for free right. or whatever. And so there's not a planning oh, portion. Yes. I mean, my CPA is also my wealth planner and we consult numerous times per year about right. every aspect. And I have monthly sit downs and reviews with my ops manager along with my bookkeeper. And then all of that flows out to my CPA and mm -hmm. it's right. just so critical. Well, you know, I mean, as a business owner, you can't know all of these things. You're not no. expected to, but no. you do need a team to support you. And so, mm -hmm. like, like you mentioned, like my CPA reached out to me about, you know, different options that might be mm -hmm. available and what the, the new CARES Act, what this means or how, yep. you know, but I wouldn't have known to even ask those questions. Right. And so right. having a strong team who can support you and, and advise you mm -hmm. to ensure your future growth is well, really key as a business owner. We've yes. said this so many times, especially with a small business, you know, you start your business because you're, you, you are good at your craft. You have a passion mm -hmm. for what you do, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're good at running a business. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's right. true. Well, yeah, because most people didn't go to business school before they started their no, business. That's right. right. That's right. right. So you can be successful. Just surround yourself with smart people. Yes. And have them help you and, and walk you through all these issues. Well, and, what am I doing with you here? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, a I'm just yeah, kidding. I know. Obviously joking. <laughs> 18 years. You're just like my brother. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If I could reach across this little I know. No more. Yeah, the, the sneeze screen. Yeah, that's right. I know. <laughs> Excellent. Now, what about, what about on the personal um, side? Are there some kind of thresholds that a person should really, uh, if a person reaches where they really need to be talking with you about personal bankruptcy? Right. Well, certainly, uh, again, I mean, I, I can't stress enough this, the sooner the better. So mm -hmm. if there's, you know, a loss of income for the household, if there's, yeah. um, you know, debts that are getting past due, you can't make payments on, you know, we can have a consultation just to uh, assess where things are and what you should do going forward mm -hmm. without having to look at bankruptcy right away. That's not the first option. It should never be the first option. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, if things are getting past due, if it's a loss of income for your household, those are the kind of the, the two key indicators that maybe mm -hmm. you should talk to someone in regards to your finances and trying to figure out what the plan should be going forward. Um, so those are the kind of the two big ones. Of course, if there's you know a lawsuit pending, you certainly should be calling an attorney mm -hmm. to not just assist you with the lawsuit, but usually there's a bigger problem. Yeah. If the lawsuit is for you know missed payments on a credit card or a medical bill, usually there's other financial issues as well. Sure. Um, and so that's another key um, to know that it's probably time to pick up the phone and give someone a call. And that can be the hardest part sometimes. I mean. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I've had situations and consultations where maybe I've had a, a couple where one spouse didn't know about all the debt of the I other spouse and vice versa. I was just about to bring up an example of and a former neighbor of mine that it was a couple, The one of the husbands had owned a business and apparently had a judgment taken out against him and then they lost their house and his other husband you know he, he was just like oh it happened what just happened had no idea mm -hmm. what right. yeah, yeah was completely clueless to mm -hmm. what right. had occurred and, and it was traumatic so I, i've had quite a few of those consultations but it's important it's a hard conversation to have but we can't you know create a solution for you until we have mm -hmm. these honest conversations mm -hmm. and your spouse right. needs to know about what's going on because yeah. their assets are at risk also, yes. even if they're not included in your business, if they're not a business owner, mm -hmm. there could be personal guarantees or could be an impact to, you know, the marital community. Can I also just toss out there? Could you just remind people like in a divorce, don't just quit claim right. to your spouse. <laughs> I just had this conversation again. Okay. Like I'm on the like dating shopping market, whatever. And I literally had a conversation with a guy the other day who 
turned into this. I felt like I was giving, I needed a consult fee <laughs> <laughs> because he was telling me about how he'd quit claimed, you know, the house to his ex spouse. And I went, did she refinance? And, and he went, Oh, because he's oh, still on the mortgage. He's still mean. on the mortgage and it happens all the time. It, unfortunately it does. I've talked to so many family law attorneys about don't do this, you know, cause usually when I see it, it's, there's a fire, right? And yeah. there's a big problem. Um, but unfortunately, that that is what happens sometimes in yeah. divorces. And yeah. so... Okay. Uh, well, we'll cover that in yeah. another one. <laughs> that's, another, Giselle, that's another segment. Thank right? you. So, yes. And thank you so much for being here with us today. We would love to have you on again. I would uh, love to be here again. And we are happy to uh, get this out in podcast soon for everybody. So if you have any other questions, you can re-listen to this and thank call Darcella up. To thank you. House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.